Good morning. Good to see you guys. Glad you're here this morning. Uh, I heard uh, Tony Campolo uh, refer to a survey that was taken of people who were 90 years or older. And uh, in the survey, one of the things they asked them is, how is your life better now that you've turned at least 90? One of the responses was this. Uh, one person said, there's a whole lot less peer pressure now. I suppose there is. They also asked them, um, if you could do things over in life, uh, what would you do differently? And they said these three things in the survey. They would risk more, they would laugh more, and they would do more things that would last after they die. You know, we've been exploring for the last few weeks, if we had one month to live, how would we live differently? And why don't we live that way right now? And uh, I hope that if you only had one month to live, You would uh, live passionately, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And I hope if you only had a month to live, you would love completely, as we talked about last week, loving God and loving people. Today, I want to focus on another area of our lives. If we only had a month to live, I hope that we would lead intentionally, that we would lead intentionally. I can remember as a child, and I'm sure everybody probably has done this at some time, standing by a body of water, whether it was a river or a pond or a creek, and taking stones and throwing them into the water. And the goal was to see how big of a ripple you could make as you threw it. And of course, I can remember finding you know, the biggest stone we could possibly heave into the water and throwing that in to see if we could get a really big ripple effect. The same thing happens when you go swimming, doesn't it? You know, sometimes you uh, see who can make the biggest splash in the pool, and of course the person that can do the best cannonball usually makes the, the biggest splash, and the water just ripples away in the pool. I can remember when uh, we uh, owned a boat, and that was true for us, what they say, the best day of my life was the day I bought the boat and the day I sold the boat. And, um, you know, but I can remember going out, and what would happen when a bigger boat would go by? We would get kind of washed up in their wake. Their ripple effect had an impact on our boat. Do you realize we are all ripple makers in our lives? We all make ripples in the lives of other people. All of us have a circle of influence. And in that circle of influence, we make ripples into the lives of other people. Now, as I look around people in our society, I notice there are a lot of people who live their life with kind of an accidental attitude. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like they are a, a feather blown everywhere by the breeze. There's no purpose to their life. But I would hope that if we knew we only had one month to live, that we would decide to live and to lead intentionally. That we would look at our circle of influence and we would determine that we were going to be very intentional about making ripples in their lives. Now, all of us have a circle of influence. You do. Maybe it is your family. You have a circle of friends. You have people that you work with. You have students that you go to school with. They are all your circle of influence. You have an impact in their life. The question is, what kind of impact are you having? What kind of difference are you making? What kind of ripple maker are you? So today, I want to look at the life of Paul. I think Paul, who's in the Bible, one of the leaders in the early church, I think as much as anyone other than Jesus, and of course Jesus modeled how to lead intentionally and how to ripple into people's lives. 
But I think Paul gives us a great uh, picture of what it looks like to be concerned in our hearts about leading intentionally. So I want to look at some snapshots of his life. Now, Paul is a good guy to look at because he also knew what it was like to look at death. It seemed like he was always facing death. In fact, I want you to listen to what he wrote in the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. He says this about his own life. He says, I have been in prison more frequently, flogged severely, stoned, and here it is, exposed to death again and again. Five times I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I have been beaten with rods. Three times I was shipwrecked. I would never get on a boat with Paul. I'm just telling you. He says, I have known hunger and thirst. I have been cold and naked. Time and time again, Paul has to face death. And yet, even in the face of all of that, Paul just kept making ripples in people's lives. He was determined to lead intentionally, even though he faced really difficult times. So I want to look, as I said, at just a couple of snapshots from his life, a couple of things that he writes, and I think that we can learn some things about how we can lead intentionally and intentionally make ripples in the lives of people around us in our circles of influence. Now first, I want you to notice that Paul kind of defines what intentional leadership looked like to him. He said it very clearly in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Paul said this, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's Paul's definition for intentional leadership. He says, if, I'm, if you're going to lead intentionally, if you're going to have a ripple effect in the lives of people around you, then you need to be able to say to them, you follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. Now, he points out some ways that we can do that. And I I hope this morning that if you only had one month to live, that you would care more about that than anything else. You would care more about being able to say to those in your circles of influence, follow me as I follow Jesus. That would be a top concern to you. So how does Paul do that? Well, for one, I noticed that when he... uh, to lead intentionally, he models in his life that we need to follow closely. Paul understands that the value of our leadership or the ability for us to lead is completely dependent upon our faithfulness as followers. Our ability to have a ripple effect into the lives of other people is directly related to how closely I follow Jesus. Let me show you something from his life. It happens in Acts chapter 16. And if you brought your Bible this morning, this is the spot you'll want to open to. We'll come back to this a couple of times. Um, It's um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then the book of Acts, if you're looking for it. It's kind of the history of the early church, um, the ancient church, and tells their story, including the story of Paul. Acts chapter 16, here's what it says beginning in verse 6. And this is so simple. You're going to go, well, yeah, of course. But that's where the beauty of this application is. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the Word in the province of Asia. Now, a couple of things here. Let me give you a brief geography lesson. Uh, When it talks about these territories, they would be locations in what is today modern Turkey. So that's the area of the world that Paul is traveling around. And it says there that he was kept by the Holy Spirit from entering Asia. Now, 
What does that mean? I don't think that means that there were armored guards at the border who said, you can't go in here. I think this simply means that Paul was following closely enough to Jesus that when the Holy Spirit spoke in his life, he heard it and he listened. And I think that's what the picture is here. That the Holy Spirit simply says to Paul, you know what, now's not the time or this isn't the right opportunity for you to go to that place. I've got another place. Listen to verse 17. Uh, verse 7, sorry. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. Again, it isn't because there was a roadblock or some kind of man-made obstacle that kept them from entering. Simply the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit said, don't go, Paul. Verse 8. So they passed by Asia and went down to Troas. And again, some geography. Uh, this would be what is uh, today known as Thessalonica, uh, which would be right on the southern border of Bulgaria, which is of interest to a lot of us because uh, we have some missionaries that we support that serve in Bulgaria. And some of you have been there. So that's that part of the country. Uh, verse 9, During the night Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Where does he go? He goes where the Holy Spirit, where God leads him to go. You see, Paul was all about following closely. Closely enough that he could hear the Holy Spirit of God saying, don't go there, but I want you to go over here. And he ends up in what is modern day Greece teaching people there. He followed closely and the ripple effect of that impacted the lives of people around him. Now understand this. For Paul to choose to follow closely wasn't always the most convenient thing in his life. In fact, following closely for Paul meant a lot of inconvenience. Following closely for Paul meant a lot of suffering, discomfort, really difficult times. In fact, following closely for Paul meant a lot of ridicule. People thought he was a fanatic for following so closely. But despite all of that, Paul understood the value that if he was going to have a ripple effect in people's lives, he had to be a faithful follower. And here's the point that I think that we have to come to in our lives. We have to get to this recognition that if I want to have a ripple effect in people's lives, I have to be foremost concerned with my relationship with Jesus. That has to be the most important thing in my life. As my wife's husband, as my children's father, as your pastor, the most important thing in my life has to be my own relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important thing in my life cannot be, am I a good provider? The most important thing is not, am I a good protector of my family? The most important thing in my life is not improving my communication skills for what I do here. The most important thing in my life has to be my own relationship with Jesus. Because as I follow closely, that is what allows me to lead intentionally. As I follow closely, that's what allows me the opportunity to make ripples into the lives of other people and point them to Jesus. So here's what it comes down to, I think. I think this comes down to an issue of control in our lives. Who are we going to allow to control our lives? And I'm guessing that at some point in your life, you have probably had a conversation something like this 
with Jesus. Jesus, I have decided to give you this. Really? Yeah. You know whoever sits here makes all the decisions, right? I know, and I'm always making decisions. But you make the perfect decisions, so you just sit right down and start making them. Wow, I'm honored. I mean, this feels great. Kathleen, guess what? I just got my new credit card. It's time to go shopping. Oh, really? I thought your husband and you were going to pay off debt. Oh, yeah. I mean, money's kind of tight, but I figured he doesn't have to know about it. So do you want to go with me? No. <laughs> no? Why? Uh, what I mean is, uh, I don't know. Um, so let me check my schedule, and then I'll get back to you. Okay, yeah, give me a call. Okay. Kat, what's going on? What do you mean? Well, I'm kind of one cheek in it here. Look, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You wanted me to sit here, right? Well, of course. And whoever sits here makes all the decisions? Right. So what's the problem? Oh, there's not a problem. I just, I don't know what I was thinking. Really, please, here, sit down. As long as you're sure. I'm sure. Okay. So, let's start over. Okay. All right. Kat, I noticed that you've been losing your temper a lot lately. Right. So, okay, Jesus, you know what? I know what you're going to say, but um, see, you, do? you don't know the whole situation, you know? Oh. I, well, all I'm saying is that your attitude is a decision. Yes, of course, but I have a lot going on right now. And... Well, I know you're under a lot of pressure. Pressure? Jesus, you don't understand pressure, okay? This I... isn't working, Kat. What? We can't both sit on the seat. It's either me or it's you. Okay, I know. You know, I, I didn't think it was going to be this hard, but here, just take it. No, I'm not going to take it. You have to give it to me. Okay, here. Kathleen, make a choice. I can't. You just did. Ouch. Hmm? That was the one person's response as we were warming up this morning. You know, if we're really honest with us, we have to ask ourselves, what decision have I made? Who really is in control of my life? And if I haven't allowed Jesus to be in control of my life, then my ability to ripple into other people's lives, my ability to say to others, you follow me as I follow Jesus, we don't have much influence, do we? So if I want to lead intentionally like Paul did, then just like Paul, I have to follow closely. Maybe you have uh, seen these pictures that floated around on the Internet for a while. It's uh, some pictures of a uh, mother duck and her little uh, baby ducks. And uh, you notice in the picture there, well, I can't, one, two, three, four, I think there's five of them, or six maybe, in this first picture. And what you don't see yet is that she is headed for a uh, storm drain. Now, you would have thought, as a mother, she could have thought ahead and had an end mind and goal, you know, a little goal in mind, and thought that, you know, maybe we ought to go around that. But I guess she thought the closest distance between two points is a straight line, and so across they go. And uh, go ahead to the next picture. Yeah, you can guess what happened. And I'm glad a few of you laughed, because when I saw this the first time, I laughed too. You see, I think I'm a, a glass half full kind of guy, and I just assumed that the baby duck that fell down in there got caught up in some water and was just transported out and dumped in a little lake somewhere. And the mother and the babies later were reunited and everything was great. Do you think that's how it happened? You know what? She didn't act with purpose. She didn't have an end goal in mind. And she just led kind of aimlessly, to be honest. And that's the second thing that I think we need to realize from Paul's life. If we're going to lead intentionally, 
then we need to act with purpose. We need to know what is the end goal? Where am I headed and how am I going to get there? In fact, Paul, I think, demonstrates this at another point in his life over in the book of uh, Philippians, chapter 1, verse 12. Uh, Paul is writing a letter here and he's writing about an experience in his life and here's what he says. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Do you know what's happened to Paul? He's been put in prison. Here's what he says, verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul was a man with a mission. Paul knew what the goal was. His goal in life was to ripple into as many people's lives and affect them for Jesus Christ as possible. And so, he lived every day trying to accomplish that goal and it did not matter what his circumstances. So when Paul gets sent to prison, he is determined to ripple into the lives of the people there in the prison. And it says the whole palace guard has become aware of why he's there, what he stands for in life. They have become aware that he is a Christ follower. And he has rippled into their lives about Jesus Christ because he had that goal in mind. And as a result of that, it says that even the people, the Christ followers outside of prison, they have become more bold in expressing their faith in Jesus Christ. Paul was a man on a mission and he acted with purpose. But oftentimes, don't we just sort of tend to go our way? We have a lot of good intentions, but we don't always act on those good intentions. And if I want to lead intentionally, then I have got to act with purpose. I have got to live this out in my life. You know, I, I, uh, I have a lot of good intentions in life. As a, um, as a father, as a husband, as a, a pastor, I have a lot of good intentions. But the reality is, is that I don't always act on those good intentions. I sometimes stop, stop short thinking that my good intentions are good enough. I'm a good-willed person. But you know what? My good intentions if they're not lived out, really are meaningless, aren't they? It's only when I act with purpose and I live out my good intentions that good things happen in my life. The Bible says this in James 1.22. It says, Do what God's teaching says. When you only listen and do nothing, you are fooling yourselves. When I got married, it was not my goal just to have a good roommate, or a business partner in my wife. My goal when I got married was to have a love-filled relationship. And my wife and I, with that end goal in mind, we try to consistently work on having that kind of relationship. But I look around at a lot of couples who have been married for a little while, and you know what they've ended up with? They've ended up with a good business partner or a good roommate because they might have had good intentions but they didn't work consistently every day at trying to accomplish the ultimate goal of having a love-filled relationship. As a parent, when my boys were born, it was my desire and my end goal that first of all, they would in their own lives follow Jesus Christ. And that they would grow to love Him and have a deep desire to serve Him all of their lives. 
And so, while Peg and I are by no means perfect parents, I hope we have done some of the right things every day with that end goal in mind, realizing that all along the way we need to invest in pointing them to Jesus and helping them to have a heart that beats for Him. And over the course of the next few years, we'll begin to know for sure whether or not we have accomplished that goal. As I lead Crosspoint, and as our staff team leads Crosspoint, we have some very clear pictures of what we want the end picture to be like. We know what the goal is. And there are very few things that we do around here that don't get run through the matrix of how, will they help to get us to that goal? Will they help us to accomplish that picture? Will we get to that end? And if they aren't going to get us to that, then we don't want to be involved in them. Because we are trying to act with purpose and be very intentional so that ultimately we can make powerful ripple effects into our community. So whatever circle of influence you want to have influence, wherever you want to make some ripples, then you've got to determine ahead of time what's the goal. And how do I every day do things that will accomplish that goal? How do I act with purpose to accomplish that? There's one more thing that I noticed that Paul uh, exemplifies in his life as he led intentionally. He lived urgently. In fact, if you go back to Acts uh, chapter 16, verse 10 there, after Paul had seen the vision, it says, we got ready, and underlined this, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the Gospel to them. That word at once could be translated immediately. There was a sense of urgency about Paul's response. And if we are going to lead intentionally, there has got to be a sense of urgency in our lives about making ripples in other people's lives. But I know how we respond most of the time because I know how I respond. I have uh, been saying for a couple of months to my family, to some other people, I've been saying, you know, I've kind of put on some weight. Uh, I'm out of shape. I haven't been exercising. And I keep saying, you know, I need to start exercising. I need to be more careful about what I eat. But I haven't really done anything about it. And you know why? Because for some reason I haven't had a sense of urgency about it. It's just something that I think, oh, you know, I ought to do that. Someday I'll get around to it. But I ought to have a sense of urgency about it. If I really want change to happen, if I really want there to be something different, then I need to have a sense of urgency that pushes me to act today on it. That pushes me to act right away. And as you think about trying to lead intentionally, as you think about trying to make ripples in your circles of influence, whether it is with your family, or it's with people at work, or a circle of friends, what things come to your mind that you say, you know, I ought to do whatever. You need to act with a sense of urgency. If we really only had one month to live, I think we would act with a sense of urgency that says, I really only have a limited time to make a ripple into my circle of influence. There are some people that I want to deeply influence and I think we would act with urgency. And I'd encourage you this morning, that if we are going to lead intentionally, if we are going to make ripples into our circles of influence, then we need to do it with a sense of urgency. I watched about a year ago, and the process began a little about a year before that, so a couple of years ago, 
I watched a friend, not a close friend, but an acquaintance, I guess you'd say, who found out that he had cancer and determined that after a little bit of treatment, it simply was incurable. And he came to the very quick realization that his days really were numbered and they were very short. And I watched kind of from a distance as he began to live out a lot of these principles, really. And I noticed some things about his life. I noticed that he became very concerned about his circles of influence. He became very intentional about his own relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I know he wanted to say to those in his circles of influence, please follow me as I follow Christ. I know, watched in his life, as he began to act with purpose, because intentionally he wanted to do some very specific things in the lives of those around him before his time was over. And so he acted every day, every day that he was strong enough. He acted with purpose. And I noticed in Scott's life that he lived with some urgency. He got to the point that he realized, I can't put things off. And these things that I really that really matter, these things that I really want to ripple into the lives of others, I've got to do it right away. Why would we wait to find out that our days are numbered to live like that? Remember the Bible says, teach us just how short our lives really are so that we may be wise. You want to live with wisdom? Then lead intentionally. Make ripples into your circles of influence and do it today. Would you pray with me? God, I thank You that You have rippled into my life. And I thank You, God, that Your Son's love has rippled deeply into my life. God, would You help me and would You help everyone in this room First and foremost, God, to get our relationship with You right, to follow You and to follow You closely. And God, as we do, would You help us to lead intentionally? Would You help us to make ripples deeply into the lives of people around us? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.